Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned in to Calvary Live, the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions. Maybe your Bible reading has brought up some questions in your mind. You want some clarity and understanding. I will do the best that I can to give that to you. Maybe you have questions about Christian living and uh, maybe about current events. How should we as Christians view those events in light of Scripture and uh, Christian worldview? Uh, I'd love to be able to take you to the Word of God uh, to bless you, to give you truth. Uh, It is uh, the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, as you recall, that they search the Scriptures every day to see if these things be so, and that's what we want to do. The Word of God is so valuable. Uh, Even the psalmist David writes that the Lord honors His Word above His name, and he would also say in Psalm 20 that the Lord, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. There's so much in those verses that David, he knew the value uh, of the Word of God 3,000 years ago, and and he writes about how uh, it is so important for us uh, to be in the Word of God and desire the Word of God. And I just want to emphasize that because today in Christianity, the Word of God can be devalued and put aside in, in some circles and uh, some of the minds of Christians and how we need it more than ever. So I want to be able to bless you in that way. So you, the listener, this is your show. You get to call in at 303-690-3000 and ask your questions or give your prayer requests. We also have the privilege to be able to go to the throne of God, to Him, and to be able to uh, go to Him, the compassionate one, uh, our compassionate high priest, as Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, in time of need to receive grace and mercy. And what a privilege it is to be able to do that. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners in Colorado, from Pueblo and uh, up into Fountain Security, Widefield, Colorado Springs, uh, 101.7. Give me a call. Love to hear from you guys. And then 89.7 from Castle Rock up through Denver and Boulder and Longmont and uh, Loveland and Fort Collins and Greeley up into southern Wyoming, Laramie, and also Cheyenne. Such a large audience uh, in uh, listening area. Uh, we're privileged to be able to bless you in your afternoon here on Calvary Live. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. Ask your questions and give your prayer requests. And uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us. If you're a Grace FM listener, you're listening live. But we also have the privilege to be able to uh, bless those of you listening on the Hope FM radio network on the East Coast. And also Truth FM, all those in 
New Jersey and Pennsylvania, Maryland and Tennessee and Kentucky and North Carolina. You guys are a week delayed, but would love for you to be able to call in and uh, ask your questions. And so give me a call. All lines are open right now. There is a means for you to also be able to ask a question and uh, to ask your for a prayer. And as through texting, there is a text line that is dedicated for that, and that is 720-336-0897. I am your host today, Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I usually get the honor and the privilege to be able to host on Tuesday. So 303-690-3000, all lines are open. Grab one of those open lines, and we'll get started with the show. You can text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Derek in Denver. Derek, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, thank you for answering my call today. How's everybody? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I have two questions, if you don't mind. Uh-huh. My first question is, why did they banish Pilate? So, do you have a reference to that in the Scripture? Or are you just looking at a historical Well, I just heard, reference. I listen to the station all the time, and on the last sermon, they said that Pontius oh. Pilate was banished and that he ended up committing suicide. You know, he was he was banished. Here, what I understand from historical and um, references, but Pilate, when Jesus faced him, was really on thin ice. Um, he had made some mistakes. One of the mistakes that he made was that he made an aqueduct to bring water into Jerusalem. So what he did is he went up on the temple there in Jerusalem, and he took the money out of the temple treasury, and the Jews didn't like that. You know, he was stealing from them. So what he did is he, um, as he did that, the, the Jews began to riot, and against and again there was violence and stuff like that that happened. And then also what he did is he took some of the Roman soldiers, and he went up on the Temple Mount area, which is holy and sacred to the Jews, and they had flags of uh, the emblem of Rome and Caesar, the Jews didn't like that. They thought that was blasphemy. So again, blood was spilled. Violence was in Jerusalem. So he gets word from Rome that, hey, Pilate, you know, one more mistake, and that's it. You're done. So eventually, that's why you see that when Pilate has Jesus before him, he's really in a tough spot. He's in a, he's in a spot that... Um, if he makes a mistake, if there's another riot, he knows that he, he is through, he's done. But eventually, historical records tell us that Pilate, because of his cruelty um, to the Jews, he didn't like the Jews, he didn't like Jerusalem, ended up being called back uh, to Rome and eventually banished, uh, where Pilate, historical records tell us that he took his own life. Wow, interesting. I never knew that. Thanks for clearing that up for me. I was just wondering about that. Now, yeah. my second question. This is going to be pretty strange. Jesus' mother, Mary, has anyone ever traced her lineage because she had more children? Does Mary have any blood survivors? Has anyone ever traced that lineage? Well, you mean from the present time back, because Mary's lineage is given in the Gospels backwards, um, as we see 
um, Luke and Matthew gives the lineage of um, of Jesus, which is traced from Joseph, his stepfather. Of course, Jesus, uh, his uh, father was actually God the Father, and then Mary as well. So that lineage is given. We also have in the Gospels, Derek, that there are some of Jesus' brothers, more accurately half-brothers, that are listed, and also sisters. So after Jesus, Jesus being born of a virgin, Joseph and Mary, we know from Matthew chapter 1, did not know each other. That is, they didn't have any relations until after the birth of Jesus, Jesus being born of a virgin. But after that, they had a normal marriage. And, I, I um, understand they, that. I understand that. I don't mean to cut you off, but has anyone traced it forward? Jesus is half-brother and half-sisters. Has anyone ever traced that know. lineage forward? Not that I know of. There, if it has, I haven't read anything on it. We do know that Jude uh, in the New Testament was one of the brothers of Jesus. Whether anybody's you know done that. What happened, Derek, is I think... Um, that when Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D., that a lot of the genealogy records ended up being uh, destroyed. So that doesn't mean that they can't trace it, because, you know, I've gone to Israel and talked to, you know, people in Israel, um, Jews, and and they know what tribe they're from. Genealogy is still very important, but I haven't heard of anything of uh, being able to trace it back to you know, uh, the family of Mary, the, the children of Mary. Okay, so I can't great. help you there, okay? Thank you very much. I appreciate you answering my call very much. God bless you. you. It, Please Derek. say a prayer for me, and I Absolutely. listen to the show all the time, and that's all I listen good. to. Good, good, Derek. I'm glad you do. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, I pray for Derek. Uh, he's asking questions. He's wondering, and that's good. Uh, I like it when people are asking questions as they read their Bible. Lord, I pray you grow him in the knowledge and and love and grace of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. And Lord, just bless this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Derek. All right. Thank you. You bet. Okay. When somebody hangs up, then um, there is another open line. So grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text line again. Uh, for people to be able to text in. Sometimes it's easier if you're at work or you're not able to get on the phone, 720-336-0897. And as time permits, we'll get to those text questions. Some of the text questions are awesome questions and then also your prayer requests. So love to be able to do that. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Let's go to Melissa from Commerce City. Hi, Melissa. God bless you, Pastor how are you? You bet. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. So good. I have a two prayer, prayer requests. Um, the first one is for one of my neighbor who was diagnosed recently with liver cancer. And um, I am calling to see if we can uh, do a prayer for him, you know, so the Lord can touch, first of all, his heart. And yes. the Lord can, I know, and I believe that the Lord can, you know, do a lot of things in him. The first thing, it could, you know, be the healing. So I am calling for that. And I also have another prayer request for another, um, sorry, for another neighbor who was struggling with um, 
she was an alcoholic and you know i kind of talked to her about god and you know kept praying for her and now she's back on her feet and she's doing well so i just want you know the lord to keep working on her and that is those two are my prayer requests for today absolutely love to so father i thank you first of all for melissa calling in and asking for prayer for her neighbors because we are commanded in scripture to love our neighbors um her neighbors are blessed to have melissa to to care about them to ask for prayer for them so we ask for the one neighbor that he has uh, liver cancer we know that you can heal we know that you're the great physician and you desire for us to come to you because of again as we come to the throne of grace in time of need uh, where we can find grace and mercy uh, we come to you, and we ask that you bring healing to him, that you would heal the cancer, uh, be with uh, him as he goes through the treatments and all the things that he's having to deal with, uh, um, be with the doctors and nurses and um, medical team that may be working with him. So, Lord, uh, we just pray for you to, to touch him, uh, to bring strength to him, to take the cancer away. And I also pray for her other neighbor, um, that she's recovering from um, just the bondage of alcohol. I pray that you would free her completely from it, that you would uh, just uh, strengthen her, uh, that she would be able to be sober-minded from the days ahead and um, not be tempted to go back to it. And Lord, I just pray for anyone out there, because I know that perhaps that there are those out there listening that struggle with alcohol. Uh, perhaps even with drugs, any kind of addiction. We know that you're the answer, that you came to free us from those things by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray for Melissa. I pray for her neighbor that you would do that. And anybody else that may be listening, that you would just free them as well. Lord, um, doing a work, doing a healing and restoring. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. You bet. Thank you for calling, Melissa. God bless you. God bless you. You have a good evening. Okay, 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and we'd love to hear from you and uh, have you uh, give us a call here on Calvary Live to be able to pray with you and uh, take you to the Scriptures. Like I said, I'll do the best that I can um, in giving you clarity and understanding. Um, the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Caesar in Denver. Caesar? Hello, Pastor. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. Super. My question is um, on Exodus 24-9. Okay. Could that be considered the First Supper? The First Supper, like? You're talking yes. about the the first supper yes. that Jesus had? Because there was the last so, supper, and there was the first supper. I was thinking that there was the last supper, and huh? then I read this. Could you read it? Yeah, I'm going to read it. Let me get there. Cool. I'm not saying that is, but I never saw this, and it's so beautiful. That's all. Yeah, so in verse 9. Yes. So then Moses went up also, Aaron, Nabad, and Abihu, um, who were, of course, the priestly family, right? Aaron was the high priest. Nabad and Abihu were his sons. 
and 70 of the elders of Israel. So um, they went up on the mountain. I'll continue. And they saw God, the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire um, and stone, and it was like a very heavy, uh, like the very heavens, that is, in its clarities. Um, did you... Where are you saying uh, oh, the first I'm, supper? Oh, I'm on 9. And then it goes, actually, it's actually uh, not 11, but 12. And then it hits 12. And verse 12. 12 is, okay, yeah. let, me, let me keep reading, okay? I'm sorry. So, yeah. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand, so they saw God, and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stones and the law and the commandments which are written that you may teach them. So you're probably thinking of verse 12. Um, actually, in verse 11. Says, in fact, they ate a covenant and drank, meal, right? And drinking in the presence, in his presence, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. They ate with the Lord, and um, but you know, you could go back to remember in Abraham that the, the Lord, the angels came and they he fixed them a meal. Um, but uh, you know, you're thinking, you're thinking is is um you know because he invited the, moses and see right the got and see nobody could go up the mountain they weren't alive right. until this time he invited moses the and his sons and the elders for a meal right like right. friends right right you know I'd, I'd have to think about that and yeah. chew on that a little I, bit but it's a good observation that you're making and i like it when people you. make that that observation of, you know, they ate with him. And it's been a while since I read that. But I'd have to look at it and chew on it a little bit and and um, kind of see. But they ate with the Lord. That's a pretty cool meal, isn't it? And yeah. um, oppor- opportunity to do that. And, and so you know, that was a, you made a very good point, Caesar, because when, um, you know, when Moses and them came to the mountain of God, the mountain shook, right? And yeah. there was lightning and thunders and uh, I don't know if you guys down there in Denver really had a chance to see the lightning storm last night that was up here in Greeley, in the Greeley area. I mean, to see a lightning storm is pretty spectacular, and yeah. um, it, it was really cooking last night. But I think that the lightning storm and the thunders were divine lightning and thunders that was going on, and the people were afraid. They said, Moses, you go up on the mountain. And like you said, there was a boundaries put around the mountain where nobody else could go up, and um, only Moses could. So this invitation, as they saw the God of Israel, and, and then um, you know sapphire stone, and 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 it was like the very heavens in its clarity. That is beautiful. And then the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand, so they saw God and they ate and they drank. And um, but it also reminds me of the time that. Um, that, you know, we are going to uh, be able to eat with the Lord when the Lord comes back and the marriage feast of, the, of God, the marriage feast of the Lamb. And I look so forward to that. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you. You bet. Sorry, I wasn't more help with you on no, that. No, that's, um, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. But, but th- you know, you, you keep reading your Bible, keep making those os- observations. I think it's great, so... Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. God you bless. bet, Caesar. You have a Thank good you. evening. You too, sir. God bless you, Pastor. You bet. You know, one of the things that's uh, a privilege for me to be able to be on Calvary Live and to answer questions, and, and sometimes the questions, it, it really makes me think. It really makes me to 
dig into the scriptures more, and I so appreciate it. Uh, you know, just uh, like Caesar um, and Derek who ask questions uh, because they're reading their Bibles, and these questions come up, and and of course we always do our best uh, to answer those questions according to the scriptures. But I'm also not afraid to say I don't know. I some things I just don't know. I have to go back and look at it, and that just makes me a better Bible teacher, a better pastor. And I just so appreciate that. We have all open lines, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs, and I'd love to be able to answer your questions. Um, I'd love to be able to pray with you. Um, and um, you got a text line that you can text in a question. Uh, it is 720-336-0897. Let's go to a text question right now. Uh, one is, what are some of the practical ways uh, to put yourself through seminary that doesn't place financial burden upon one's family, uh, perhaps some personal wisdom examples. Uh, and this is from Brian. Brian, he asked a good question. And first of all, um, it depends on the seminary or the Bible college that you go to. And uh, one of the neat things about today is you can go and take online um, classes. Uh, sometimes you don't have to move to uh, a city and actually find housing and and go to a uh, Bible college in that kind of way. If the Lord opens the doors, that's fine. But so much is online. Uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College, you can take, uh, for example, uh, classes online. Um, and I know those who have done this, our intern Jesse uh, graduated from the Bible college, but he's continuing his education online. My son, who's graduating from UNC, who's on staff, uh, this Saturday, um, he will be taking classes as well. There's Calvary Chapel Universities. So that's one of the ways that you can take online classes and continue working, and that's a real blessing. So that's a very practical way for you to be able to do that. And I wish I would have had that when uh, I was young. Uh, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't. That was just starting to come up in the early 90s, um, but it, was, uh, it wasn't for me uh, being young and being married and, and having Barbara, who's now uh, going to be uh, in her, she's in her mid-20s, and then Luke, um, you know, for us to move and be able to do that. Uh, but now there's so many more opportunities for you to be able to do that. So first of all, going to seminary or to Bible college, I would pick one that is very much emphasize the the Word of God, uh, because there's a lot of Bible colleges and um, seminaries out there um, that I'd be very hesitant to go to. But pick one that you're going to grow in the Word of God, you're going to be grounded in the Word of God, and perhaps you can take online classes and you can continue your education in that way. So hopefully that helps, Brian, and, uh, and um, I, I pray that the Lord does show you and does uh, you know, teach you those things um, and um, what it is that you want. Um, there, uh, there, there's just so many resources that are out there. Um, somebody just texted in and said, RTS, I don't know exactly what that is, has seminary courses posted for free on iTunes, you, and on podcasts. So uh, you might just uh, continue looking at that, and that is a good way to go. All right, give me a call, 303-690-3000. We got a call from Sterling um, in Denver. Sterling, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, my question is, um, I have a husband who's a non-believer and a son, 
and I pray for them all the time, and I have faith that they will someday become believers. But I have many opportunities to put them on prayer lists, either at a church or on a radio program um, like your own or um, different ones. And I always wonder, does it matter that they that more people would be praying for them than my own prayer? I think the more the better. I really and, do. Yeah. Um, but, but, but why, I guess? Um well, I, I think when God's people gather, I mean, there's power in prayer for one person, but yeah. I, I think about in the Old Testament when the nation got together, you know, when they're facing problems and difficulties. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, we're in the book of Isaiah, and we're going to be getting into those chapters where the Assyrians are, are coming and surrounding Jerusalem. And it, not only did Hezekiah pray, but the leadership prayed, and uh-huh. the people were praying, and there's just power in that. Uh, okay. I, I think that when the church begins to pray, and that's one of the things that I'm really emphasizing because we're seeing so much going on around us in our day. Um, I think there's power in prayer when a body of believers, when a church gets together and prays corporately. Uh, we okay. see that, for example, in the book of Acts. You, you go in the book of Acts, you see that the church got started. There was 120 disciples that are in an upper room praying. Um, right. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen when one person prays. Mm-hmm. Um, we we see the prayers of one individual that's powerful, like Elijah calling down fire from heaven. But man, when the when the congregation gets together, when a group of Christians get together, there's power. And and I think about how those disciples prayed in the book of Acts, and, and the disciples got together and they prayed. And it says uh, there in Acts chapter 4, going into chapter 5, that the room shook. And, um, you know, it just moves the heart of God in such an incredible way that we don't fully understand. And there's power in prayer. And, and that's what I hope for the church, you know, Sterling, that we get on our knees and start praying for our nation, okay. that we get on our knees and start praying for our community, that I think what you're doing in, um, you know, sending, um, ch- you know, churches or ministries or those that you know, please pray for my husband, for my son, mm-hmm. calling here. I, I believe it delights the Lord. And, and all I know is the Lord says, ask, please ask, yeah, uh, that your yeah. joy may be full. And, and well, James talks about praying uh don't pray amiss but you know praying in faith and and um, i think more the better okay okay well certainly following that example as you cited several um uh, following the example of multiple people praying in the church right. early church so i guess that's that's what i should do is follow that example yeah you're, oh. you're on the right track so and okay. let's pray let's pray for them right now okay okay thank you Father, I pray for Sterling. She has a husband and a son she loves very much, that they're not believers. And so we believe that prayer is the vehicle in which you work. Um, So we lift them up to you. Um, Here's a wife and a mother that desires for their hearts to be touched. And we know that you desire that uh, because the Word of God says that uh, it's not your desire that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So, Lord, take the blindfold away. From their eyes, soften their hearts, draw them to yourself. Lord, uh, bring them uh, to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray for Sterling that you would help her, 
to be that um, just light and truth continue to in their lives. And, and Lord, uh, may you just touch them and bring in salvation to them. Um, and we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much. Wow, that's You're powerful. Welcome, right there. Thank you, you so bet. much. You bet. Keep praying. Don't stop okay. praying. I will. Okay. All, All right. right thank you. Okay. We're getting ready to go to break, and so we got all lines open, I believe, right now. And I'd love to hear from you, 303-690-3000. So grab one of those lines while we're on break, and we'll get to you as soon as uh, we come right back. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. And we have some open lines, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. And love to answer your Bible questions the best I know how. And also to... Uh, pray with you as you bring your prayer requests. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley uh, in northern Colorado, so pleased to be with you. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, the text line is 720-336-0897. If you grab one of those lines, we'll get you on the air right now. And as time permits, we'll get to the text questions. We've already uh, have looked at one, and we'll continue to do that in the time remaining in the show. Well, I just want to invite you uh, to uh, our midweek service on Wednesday night here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. We're going through the book of Isaiah. It's absolutely an incredible book, and uh, it's interesting because I have uh, heard um, some Bible teachers and pastors say that the Old Testament really isn't very relevant for us today. And as we're going through the books of the prophets, particularly Isaiah, we'll be moving into Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They are so relevant to us today. They speak to us. And as Isaiah was speaking to a nation that was falling away from the Lord, um, that was um, uh, walking in disobedience, there's so much there uh, that reminds us of the condition of our nation uh, and uh, how uh, the Lord desires for us to turn back to him. Uh, and also just the prophecies that are there. Isaiah speaks more about the coming of the Lord uh, than any of the other prophetic books. And as we see the events around us that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ, it's so incredible. So come join us if you've never done a study in the book of Isaiah. 7 o'clock, we got a place for all the kids and for youth groups that meet. Uh, it's a wonderful time in God's Word. We're in Isaiah chapter 30. And we're going to go into chapter 31 talking about the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, uh, those prophecies, talking about the tribulation period, uh, a lot of confusion among Christians or lack of knowledge about those things uh, that has taken place. We also, what I've been doing is doing some updates uh, as we see the situation in Syria and Israel with Iran and Russia. Does the Bible have anything to say about it? And the Bible does. And I think some very significant things are taking place right before our eyes that um, that we see that Ezekiel has the answers of how ultimately this is all going to turn out. 
uh, with Russia and Turkey and with Iran being in Syria and um, what's going to happen uh, there uh, as they come against Israel. Uh, the Jerusalem Post today was just uh, had in the headlines that Israel is pretty much on the verge of war with uh, Iran there in, in Syria. So I, I, I give these updates not to scare us, but to prepare us. And also for you out there, that you understand what the Bible has to say about the last days, the days that we are in. And Jesus told us to be wise. He told us to be wise, to be uh, watching and be discerning. Uh, And the religious leaders were rebuked by Jesus because he said you can discern the weather, but not the coming of the Son of Man. So we need to be awake and sober and watching. And we see these things taking place, keeping everything in context, and uh, also knowing what the Scripture says, so you're able to minister to others. You're able to minister to others that look around and they think, what's going to happen, or they're confused. Uh, But to be able to know that uh, we are rushing towards the return of the Lord, I believe, and towards these things, we're living in the days of Ezekiel and Isaiah, and so how can we say it's not relevant? It's very relevant to us. So join us at 7 o'clock, and of course also, on Sunday mornings, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, three Sunday morning services. You can come as we're in the book of Hebrews, an incredible epistle in the New Testament. We'd love to see you. Check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Lynn, calling from northern Colorado. Hi, Lynn. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. My brother-in-law recently uh, has been diagnosed with kidney cancer, and he is a believer, and my sister is as well. Uh, But we really appreciate prayers for healing at all levels, spiritual, physical, um, and just that they would feel God's presence even stronger than ever through all this as he decides what kind of treatment he's going to get and all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love to do that. And Father, as Lynn calls in, praying, uh, desiring prayer for her brother-in-law and, and um, sister. And, 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 and Lord, uh, we pray, first of all, for the physical. We pray that as he's been diagnosed with kidney cancer, that, again, there's nothing too difficult for you um, not to heal, uh, too difficult for you not to work, because you're God Almighty. And I pray that you'd bring healing to him, Lord, physically, um, that you, if you choose to use uh, the treatment that he needs to choose and go through, that, um, that that would bring healing. If you desire to heal him at once, that you would do that. But Lord, touch his body and take the cancer, remove the cancer is what we ask in the precious name of Jesus. But Lord, more than that, the spiritual um, work that you want to do in them, in both of them, and drawing them to you in every way, and knowing that we can trust you. And I pray that you would make yourself more real to them, bring comfort to them. I, I pray that uh, they, they would um, not be afraid, but Lord, this would be an opportunity for them to just know of you in a more real, deeper way, that you would make your presence um, just known to them, that you're with them and that you love them, and you promise you'll never leave them or forsake them. So, Lord, we just lift all this up. I pray for Lynn, too, that you would help her to be able to minister words of encouragement 
and um, in very practical ways when the time comes, that, Lord, you be with her and bring her comfort um, as well and assurance that, that you're going to work in every way. In Jesus' name, mm-hmm. amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. I really appreciate it. and appreciate Grace FM and the biblical teaching. It just has blessed my life in so many ways. I can't even speak at all. Everything God's done in my life um, that Grace FM, through the biblical teaching, um, yeah. God's done in my life. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet, Lynn. Thanks for the encouragement. It really is a privilege for all of us to be on so many great Bible teachers and yeah. anointed Bible teachers and um, yes. it's a privilege to be able to be a part of it. So I appreciate the encouragement. Hey, keep us updated, okay? Okay, okay, sure will. Thank you so much, Pastor. Have a good evening. You bet, Lynn. You too. Bye-bye. I believe we have open lines, so 303-690-3000 is the number to call for questions and for prayer requests. Uh, let's go to the text line, and um, there is one question that came in, kind of an interesting question. Do you think that Adam and Eve ever ate with the Lord? They walked with them. Uh, I don't know. The Bible, as far as I know, doesn't say uh, they walked with the Lord. What is interesting, usually what I get asked on that, is how long did they walk with the Lord? Adam walked with God in the cool of the night uh, and of the day, and we know that um, then the serpent came and deceived Eve and, um, and Adam, and they ate of the fruit. Uh, sometimes when we read the Bible, we think that... Um, God created Adam and Eve, and then, you know, half hour later, here comes the serpent. They, it could have been weeks. It could have been months. It could have been years because they lived at that time to be, you know, between eight and 900 years old, um, long lives. So uh, they could have been walking with the Lord, had that fellowship with the Lord, uh, just um, with him. And then all of a sudden sin came, and, and that fellowship, that closeness was broken. And, um, you know, we have Jesus Christ, who's our advocate. He's our mediator. Um, he's the one that has provided uh, atonement for sin, our propitiation, so that uh, we can be restored in fellowship with God once again. But it really kind of gives a picture of what happens if we uh, are in sin. Uh, we have still relationship. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But what can happen is is that fellowship and that closeness is broken. And uh, so we want to make sure that um, that we are walking uh, in holiness and righteousness. Yes, we're thankful, thankful, thankful for the atoning work of Jesus on the cross and for forgiveness. Um, but to walk and just um, and desiring to know him and to love him and to walk in his ways is so precious. And um, to be able to to have that closeness and intimacy, and that's one of the things that we've tried to bring out in our Hebrew studies, that you know the initial reader reading it is reading something that would impact them. What Jesus has done for us, we can come into the presence of Him. That His sacrifice took away sin. That the old covenant couldn't do that, um, and, and it was real and personal, not distant and mundane. So, um, so uh, anyhow. Um, I just pray that for us. So good question. Let's go to Noel in Maryland. Hi, uh, I just wanted to um, know what it means to live a full full Christian life, I guess, um, according to what the Bible says and what God says. So maybe you could have some insight on that. Yeah, you know, in John's Gospel, they 
came right. to Jesus and said, what must we do to do the works of God? And, and Jesus answered, believe on him whom he has sent. In other words, believe on me. And I think the real key is, you know, the Christian life is walking, yes, in the ways of the Lord and walking in holiness. But it's walking in Romans chapter 6 talks about in that newness of life. Paul says, should we continue in sin that grace abounds? He says, certainly not, that we identify with Christ in that newness of life, that new resurrected life. And, and that's what we're to do in, in walking in the spirit that we don't fulfill the flesh. And God made us to worship him, to know him. And, and I was just talking about it, and, and you on the East Coast, you're a week delayed. Uh, but before I took your call about, you know, having that personal relationship with Jesus yeah, is it, so, so incredible um, to have uh, access to, to God the Father through Jesus Christ, to be forgiven, to be able to walk with him and to know him and have fellowship with him, to be able to love him. So I think the key is to know him, to love him, and to walk with him closely. And, and that really is the key for a Christian life. Jesus said, I came to give you life, that is eternal life, and life abundantly. And that life abundantly right. means to, to walk in with him, to know him, to walk in his peace and to walk in his wisdom, um, to know the word of God. We really are privileged as as Christians. And, and, and I believe perhaps there's somebody out there listening that maybe God's been a little bit distant and it's mundane, your Christian walk and life. He wants it to be real and impacting and how he desires to draw us to himself, to know him and to walk with him. So, you know, the meaning of life is to know your God, to walk with him, to worship him, to praise him and to in every way. Right. So, uh, but to know him is to read more of his word, right? Read more of his word. That's how we know him. The word of God is so important, Noel. Um, and that's how the word of God, it reveals God to us and how we can know him. Um, you know, he reveals to us uh, the source of forgiveness through Jesus Christ and what he did for us. The Word of God gives us wisdom for every area of our lives, how we can live for Him. Um, the Word of God is so powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 says it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's it's so important to know the Word of God. Okay? All right, Noel, thank you calling from Maryland. Appreciate it. Let's go to Perry in Littleton. Perry? Yes, hi. Good afternoon, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I just had a question on how do we know what our spiritual gifts are, and can you have more than one gift? Yeah, I, I believe that you can have more than one gift. You may have a primary gift, um, but, you know, I've heard teachings that you only get one gift. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know if I agree with that, uh, because... Uh, the spiritual gifts, the primary gift that the Lord has given me is teaching. Uh, and even in the gifts that we have, uh, we know that Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that there, there's, uh, uh, you know, uh, different gifts, but there's variety of ministries. In other words, 
I may have the gift of teaching that I use as a senior pastor, but somebody else may have the gift of teaching that they use in teaching children. Um, and, and women can have the gift of teaching. Um, I know some ladies here that they're not in the role of a, a, a teaching over the pulpit as a pastor, but they are very gifted teachers. They teach children. They teach other ladies. Uh, they, they've taught youth, uh, all these things. Um, and so to keep that in mind, but you know, okay. there's been times, there's been times where, um, the Lord has granted, um, uh, uh, the gift of knowledge, uh, the gift of knowledge, a word of wisdom that I think just happens naturally. I, I think knowing your gift is what is it that um, that really that you're excited about, knowing the gifts, uh, and then what the Lord supernaturally, naturally is working in you. And that okay. is, you'll know when you have the gift of teaching. You know... Um, if you know you have the the gift of prophecy, I I, I I've given a, a word of wisdom or something. So I think you can have more than one gift. Maybe one primary gift that you have, um, the gift of service, the gift of mercy, the gift of giving. Uh, I think that as you look how God is working through you, that you'll start recognizing those gifts, and then those gifts end up being developed. Oftentimes, like our teaching or other gifts that we have. Um, giving, service, uh, all those things. So hopefully that helps. It does help. I'm a baby in Christ right now, and my relationship is growing every day in the Lord. So I'm excited to find out what my gifts are, and thank you so much for answering my question, Pastor. You know, and that's great that that you're, you're there, because a lot of Christians, when they're young, they get kind of confused about the gifts. So I would encourage you, and you probably have already done this, to read First Corinthians chapters 12, 13 and 14, okay, that's uh, three chapters on spiritual gifts. And um, and so he, he talks about that he gives each one individually as he wills. So he's going to work in you in the gifts that he wants to. And I was just reading this in my own devotions the other day about these different gifts. Uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 4, spiritual gifts. Romans lists the gifts. First uh, Peter, some of the gifts. So you can do those studies, and then okay. uh, also if you can, um, you know, get online and find uh, a good study on the spiritual gifts. I think it'll help you out a lot. They recognizing it and knowing them, uh, but I always say that the spiritual gifts, God will begin to work in them supernaturally, natural. Um, you just start realizing, you know, I got the gift of of giving, or I got the gift of mercy or a right. gift of teaching, or whatever it may be. Uh, the, okay. the gift of discernment. Uh, I gave a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. I, I've done that. I've given a word of knowledge, just knowing what's happening in somebody's life because the Lord just really pressed it on my heart. So, um, yeah, I, have fun doing that. And then, and then um, use those gifts to edify the body of Christ, okay? I sure will. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. You too, Perry. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Let's go to Brian and Greeley. Brian? How are you? Brian, you're on yes. Calvary Live. Hi, how are you, Pastor? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I had a question. Um, I think it was Monday. I called in and Katie was 
Brian, you are breaking up. I'm losing you. So um, if you, maybe you can get in a little better place, I'm going to give you just a second to be able to do that. If not, try to get back. Yeah, but you did ask. Um, I got it here. On, you got it? You back with me? You're still broken up. Anyway, your, your spirit in Romans and Galatians, spirit of Jesus, same as the Holy Spirit. Um, there's only one spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, um, and three in one. So if you want to explore that a little bit, let me know. Brian, you oh, there with okay. me? Yeah, I can hear you, but uh, you might not be able to hear me. <laughs> I can hear you better now. Thank you. You can hear me now. Yeah, he was talking about the Holy Spirit in, in, in Galatians 4, 6, and 8, 9. It referenced the Spirit of Christ. And I know you can't be saved without the Spirit of Christ, but it, I didn't know if that was a different spirit than the no, actual Holy o- Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit, and okay. we we can't come to Christ unless the Holy Spirit draws us t- to Him. Right. And um, so um, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus even explains that in the upper room, in the upper room discourse. So um, okay. I'm trying to, um, when he says, you said chapter 4, verses 8 and 9? Well, it's it's Galatians 4, 6, and then also Romans 8, 9. Yeah. Here he talks about, in Galatians 4, 6, and because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. What's that saying is, the Holy Spirit is testifying to us. We have that spirit of adoption because we come to faith in Jesus Christ. We're now sons and daughters of the living God, which is an incredible verse. That word Abba actually means Papa. We have relationship with him. Um, and Jesus came, um, sent uh, forth from, um, you know, in the fullness of time, um, born of a woman, bo- born under the law to redeem those who are under law, that we might receive adoptions of sons. So we receive that adoption as we have faith in Jesus Christ. But it is the Holy Spirit that is in the world to convict us of sin, to draw us to Jesus, to be a testimony of the reality of Jesus. So none of us can come to Christ unless the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, is drawing us to him. Right. All right? Right. Yep. Okay. Thank you. You bet, Brian. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. You bet. Let's go to Ryan in Greeley. Hey, yeah, Ryan. Hello. How are you? I am great. How are you today? I am super. And just to let the audience know, I had uh, no intention or plan with uh, coinciding with the Brian in Greeley just before. <laughs> it's great to hear from my hometown. Uh, I'm glad to, to see and to know that people are listening. So, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, so I had a prayer request today. Um, last year, I gave up my half-million-dollar business to actually pursue becoming a pastor. Okay. Um, it's been a process, but uh, I'm a Presbyterian and went through their process, was accepted into the process by the church, and eventually accepted into seminary, which starts this fall. Um, so since February, there's been a whole bunch of dead time. It still feels a little bit surreal, and there's going to be a lot more months of dead time. And I was just wanting prayer so that I could, uh, you know, have patience through this remaining yeah. process. 
Yeah, Ryan. And, you know, somebody was just uh, asking a text text question. I don't know if you heard it about seminary and, you know, some of the different ways and and um, and feeling kind of the same way, just what's the best process and stuff. So I think it's exciting. Um, I want to encourage you, Ryan, that I really believe the Lord's going to bless you um, because you're willing to, to give up um, that of the world to pursue that which you feel, you know, and believe that God has given you a calling. So um, I just want to encourage you in that. He's going to get you to where you need to be. And uh, as you go to seminary, um, give you the patience. And, you know, one of the things you'll find out, Ryan, is God is never in a hurry with any of us. Yes, <laughs> Just, yes, I've definitely found that out. <laughs> <laughs> he's never in a hurry. So I'd be happy to pray with you. So, Father, I pray for, for Ryan. I just um, thank you that he called, and he, he's willing to give up a, a business that's very successful to pursue a calling that you put on his heart. And as he gets ready this fall to go to seminary, he's still got a little way to go that you would each and every day continue to draw him to yourself, that you would bless him, that you would minister to him. And Lord, as he starts seminary, um, that you would um, grow him in your word and in your love. And Lord, that you uh, would just press upon him each and every day that you desire to use him. And Lord, that he would trust that you're going to complete that which you have begun in him as the promise is given in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And so, Lord, I pray for Ryan that uh, this would be just a time more than anything to know you and to know your word and to, to hear your voice and what you have for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you All very right, much, Ryan. Pastor. You bet. God bless you. God bless you. All right, let's go to Tim in Baltimore. Tim? Hey, hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. we got a couple minutes left, so I'll do my best to answer your question. Real real quick, there's things in the Old Testament that are really hard to understand. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 18, I think it is, it speaks about when the Lord returns, sets up his throne, and sits on his sits on his throne in Jerusalem. It makes this, I think, a confusing or hard to understand reference to the house of Judah joining the house of Israel. And I was wondering, what what do you think that means? Well, what um, when you go through, like, Isaiah, Jeremiah, sometimes there's prophecies word given, because at this time... Um, the house actually that Jeremiah's ministering, the house of Israel had already been taken off into captivity by the Assyrians. And then there was the house of Judah that was about ready to go off into captivity. But Jeremiah comes along in Isaiah and talks about a time when they will come together, and that's the restoration of Israel that's yet future. And, and he says to them as he's calling them to repentance, and sometimes the subject can change uh, a little bit uh, quickly, um, in, in these chapters, and he's talking about the day where he's going to, uh, you know, give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Um, and the time's going to come when the house of Israel and the house of Judah are going to come together. So he's talking about a future time that would happen and in, in what is the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, the restoration of Israel that will take place 
um, in the last days when Jesus Christ comes back. So those are the prophecies that are being given here uh, in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel as well is talking about that. Uh, as you continue on in Jeremiah, he's going to talk about a new covenant, um, all these things uh, that are are um, given. So you got to kind of figure out, you know, is it a near well, prophecy? Is it well, a far prophecy? Right. If, if I could say, it sounds like it's, not fulfilled because the Lord's not on the throne in Jerusalem right now. That's what it says. Right. It's so, it's still future. He's talking about a promise right. of a restoration. When Jesus comes back in the second coming, he's going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem and then um, restore the nation of Israel, where it's no longer going to be the house of Israel and the house of Judah split, but it's going to be one nation okay. um, and, and all the nations. So that's what you're reading. Um, and, and the promises given that that's going to take place. All right? Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. You, good question, Tim. Keep reading the All word. Right. It'll start okay. making sense to you. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. See you later. You too. God bless you. Hey, thank you, everybody. It's called in. We're coming to the end of the show. Appreciate your questions. I can really tell it's exciting when people are reading the scriptures and trying to sort through it. Keep listening. Keep growing. Um, God's going to bless you and give you clarity and understanding as you continue in his word. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.